0: So one of the things that you're like with Heather is that you do Halloween. Oh, yeah. I skip it. Like, every other holiday, I try to skip. And then the last minute, don't skip. And then <laughs> scrounge around figuring out what's going to happen. So you've done, like, family costumes. And you've done solo costumes. And you've gone all out. Did this happen before you had kids? Like, were you always a Halloween person?
1: No, um, I just love all holidays. So I'd always put out some decorations. I would—I love— I love a theme, so if somebody was having a theme party or whatever, I mean, I'm going to go all out. I'm going to dress up. (laughs) Um, And so when I had kids, it was like, yes, now we can do these, like, fun group costumes, and it's going to be awesome. Um, What are you doing this year, then? Well, this year this year we're not doing a group costume. Let me tell you why. Um, I love the group costumes. You can't really do them every year because...
0: A it's expensive to have oh. everybody. Have oh, it's the super expensive. matches. I convinced my kids to use the same costume as last year. Like, yeah. I didn't even give them an option of a new costume. I'm like, they're like "What are you going to be this year?" I was like, "What do we have? What do we have here in the house that you can make <laughs> and you can wear again because I am not buying any more stuff." That is the other reason we're not doing a group
1: costume is if you do them every year, you can't you don't have the year of like, let's reuse some of this. You just have a thousand costumes that never get worn again. Cuz you did Jurassic
0: Park last year, am I right? We did.
1: The good thing about a lot of group costumes is that they're just, like, clothes (laughs) and not actual costume costumes. So I really like the costumes where it's just an outfit. Like, I bought khaki shorts for my costume last year that I wore all summer. Um, So things that they can wear again is awesome. The problem with that is that when they go solo to, like, school events, usually they look like nobody knows what they are unless they're with the whole family. (laughs)
0: So that's kind of an issue. (laughs) Who are Um, you? (laughs) I'm that guy. Oh. Like, that's pretty funny. Uh,
1: So that was the other reason. So last year, yeah, we did go as characters from Jurassic Park, but we needed to all be together to have it make sense. So Nolan and Dawson, fortunately, went to different schools and had different Halloween party days. So they wore the same cowboy costume (laughs) to their school parties. Um, and then we just changed out of that and then got in our group costume for later.
0: Oh, that makes sense. Just so the audience has an update, you have three kids. Dawson is the oldest who's in second grade and has autism. Then Nolan, who is in kindergarten, and then Sebastian, who's two. Exactly. Okay. Yes. So
1: one year um, before Sebastian came, Dawson was the man in the yellow hat and Nolan was Curious George. Oh. Another year we were just all pirates. That's easy. Yeah, we we had all the stuff anyway. Um, and then when Sebastian was a baby, we did the chipmunks. So Dawson was Simon, Nolan was Alvin, and Sebastian was Theodore. That was a great costume that I highly recommend because it was just different colored sweatshirts. With a letter on it. <laughs> yeah, um, but Nolan, that was when where Nolan went to school and he, everybody knew who he was because he had the big A and he had a hat. And I drew little chipmunk faces on them. They had a hat? Well, Alvin has a hat, and he has the A, but he's the only one with a letter. So Dawson goes to school, and he just had on glasses and a blue sweatshirt.
0: <laughs> and the ones don't
1: have a letter? No. Uh, yeah. a, a detail that I never realized. Yeah, so he looked a little
0: weird. I had to, like, explain who he was <laughs> to That's his teachers. But. So what are you doing this year? Because, okay, it's cost-expensive, so you're not going to do the group, big group. Could yeah. Derek not get on board with what you wanted to do as a group?
1: Well, that's the other thing. Like, Derek has to be on board because he most of the time does not want to dress up. <laughs> um, that's Chris. Typical husband, yeah. So, uh, but no, this year I was just tired and I wanted to reuse stuff. We have so many costumes, having three boys, and I'm like, they've, they've got to wear something again. Um, I don't even know what Nolan and Sebastian are going to be yet. Sebastian, I'll decide last minute and he'll just do what I want. Yeah, because he's too. <laughs> Nolan has changed his mind every three minutes um What does it range from? Oh, Jurassic Park Ranger was the first thing, which I was like, "Yes, we have all of that. That's easy." Uh, I forget what he's changed it to now. It, it's been something different every single day. Oh man! Like Yakko from Animaniacs, and then
0: whatever he's watching on TV is what he wants to be. Well, that's difficult because then it's like yeah. wanting well, to make sure you watch Curious George right before we go out, so that you want to be <laughs> the man in the yellow yep. hat.
1: Well, I realized what I should have done is just order his brother's a costume, and then he will immediately want to be whatever his brother is because that happened. So Dawson is going to be Indiana Jones. Does he want to be this? Well, I told him he was going to be it, and he was like, fine. So (laughs) So we already had a lot of the elements, and then the stuff I had to buy was just like a nice brown leather jacket for him to have all winter and Um, And I just thought, oh, this is going to be so cute. And the minute it arrived, of course, Nolan was like, I want to be Indiana Jones. And he wanted to put on the costume. um, I wanted Nolan to be Paddington Bear Uh uh, like a month ago. And I had already figured out all the things I was going to buy. And I was so excited. And of course, I asked him. And he was like, no. So I should have just ordered it, put it on
0: Sebastian, and then he would have taken it. Mm. That makes a lot of sense. The kids, one wants to be a ninja assassin, which is a different <laughs> apparently than a ninja. Hmm. I was like, uh, "What's the difference?" And the and her response was, well, "One's an assassin." <laughs> and I went, "Dumb yeah, mom!" Oh, silly me, silly me, <laughs> not the knowing the difference. Any different? I don't think so. I'm not buying anything different for it. So we should probably maybe make something. They're really into making things out of cardboard right now because of all the boxes in our house. (laughs) They just cut things up. That's perfect for you this year. Cardboard costumes. uh, Zandy has made no sign of wanting to be anything. Like she has not said anything. I have not asked, nor am I asking because I do not want to. Yeah. And then we haven't even talked or discussed if we're going to go out trick-or-treating in our new house if we're gonna give candy out or what we're gonna do and then jackson i'm just gonna put in one of his outfits that fit from the girls previous years so we'll see but i don't think we're even doing anything i'm hoping to skip it i'm hoping that i will say i'll make chocolate cake and they'll be like okay and then we do nothing uh-huh. awesome. well with the
1: house now it would be fun to hand out candy and just have in that theory be
0: <laughs> in theory it would be really great to hand out co- coffee. That, too. I, I want coffee. Maybe that's the reason why. The I parents like coffee, need though.
1: coffee.
0: Parents need coffee. That would be mm-hmm. awesome. Is, here's candy for you, coffee for you. Like, we'd be the killer house on the street. We did um, go to
1: a house once in my parents' neighborhood where they were giving out shots <laughs> to the parents.
0: <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. See, so, something like that would be fun. In theory, it is. But our house is set up like where we could, but in order to keep Jackson safe, it would not be. Fun, mm. like we don't have the gate to keep people in and out yet, so he would just be on inches away from a busy street every single five seconds. So the idea of it does not sound fun. Like if we had a gate to the porch, I think it'd be fine because then I can keep him and then the dog inside, and we all fine. So I don't know. I don't know what we're gonna do. What are you gonna be? Oh, I don't know. Nothing. So I work at this company. <laughs> And they all dress up, right? Everyone dress up and we do a theme, department theme thing and everything. But they didn't really include the temps in it as much. And so I decided that we temps should just put like a label that said the name of the company, full-time employee. (laughs) <laughs> just come like nicer dressed, like come in like business casual, and then just have it say full time employee. Like that's nice. who we are. We we came as full time employees because we're all temps, <laughs> so that's what we're going to be. I thought it was hysterical. Uh, Claudia was like, nah, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> what is the, what is the theme at the company? They're doing Monsters Inc., which is fine, but by the time they got to us, uh, so it was. This whole, they take this thing really seriously, and like inner departments don't talk to each other about what they're going to do. So it's all a surprise and it's a contest and the department wins. Like run the best department wins something. And then there's a pumpkin carving contest that you can win as well. Like there's all these things that you can do. And so like people take it seriously. And so like the departments don't talk amongst each other. So it's going to be a surprise and they don't steal ideas and sabotage and all wow. <laughs> crazy things. I'm always like, just tell me what to wear. But they had all these emails going And then we are supposed to have a meeting about it so that we can all voice our opinion and whatever. And then we got an email saying we're doing Monsters, Inc., and here are all the characters that everyone's going to be. And so everyone had already chosen by the time it got to us. So if it's me, like, I would be some random monster, like, left. And I'm like, I'm not going to buy a lot of money, spend a lot of money to buy something crazy, you know? Like, I was like, forget it. You should use one of your cardboard boxes to make a monster. I should just label monster be done. Yeah. Monster full time employee. We're <laughs> done. So well I'll have to have an update of what have what you end up knowing. I'm gonna laugh really hard if you're like me at the very last minute ends up deciding to do something big and then get stressed oh, yeah. out. Over the summer, oh
1: that's what Nolan wanted us all to be characters from Aladdin. we oui. yeah.
0: There's enough. I mean, there's only
1: Oh yeah. The weird thing is nobody wanted to be Aladdin. It was like, Mom, you're Jasmine. <laughs> um my kids always love the bad guys in movies, which is a little scary. So was it foretelling? Yeah, Nolan wanted to be Jafar and Dawson was like the parrot. <laughs> okay. And Sebastian was either the tiger or the genie, but like not <laughs> there could be the
0: genie and Sebastian could be the oh, monkey. Yeah. But who but no one would be Aladdin.
1: Yeah, no one wanted to be Aladdin. I don't know. I think Nolan had a little bit of a crush on Jasmine because he like is angry at Aladdin all the time. He's like, "No, it's called Jasmine."
0: <laughs> I'm like That's okay so uh halloween they're not gonna get any candy either so i think we just skip yeah it. how do you handle that do you go trick-or-treating and then we've never gone okay the one time we've went i we went i drove to three different people's houses that i had predestined and given them candy that i had approved awesome S- and then they ate that candy on the way home and then we watched curious george the Halloween Noggin. No Noggin? No Noggin. We watched that. But it's not on Netflix anymore, so I guess we're not watching it this year. Oh, I had to buy it. I should have bought it. This is another thing. I should buy it. I'm saying it right now. It's early enough for us to buy it, and I still won't buy it, and then I will <laughs> be like, crap, we can't watch it.
1: Oh, uh, that was something else. Uh, Nolan, yesterday, wanted to be No Noggin. That would be. So,
0: different. yeah, every day it's different. Oy. So, yeah, we don't. I usually just buy some pre-approved candy from them, and they get three pieces of pre-approved candy, and we call it a day. And then we watch a movie, and that's it. And so far, nice. it's worked. But this year, they're they haven't mentioned anything. But I'm thinking, in the last minute, they're going to be like, bam, and I'm going to be like, eh. <laughs> so we'll see. We're all going as cardboard robots. See, let's just Gore as a card a box that I haven't unpacked. That sounds like a good idea.
1: Tune in every week to the Mother Effin Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Riding on the Denial Bus with Patty Crouch and Holly Gate. It's our first episode together, Holly. It seems really weird because you and I have been together for so long and we already did one episode kind of together, so it's our 1B episode together. Our first episode. I'm excited. I'm really excited. So first we could probably, you know, talk about the elephant in the room. How we changed the name. We are the Nile bus. Okay, so it, I went back and forth on this. I didn't really know if we should change the name or if we should not. Like I know we had a following with the at Mother and podcast. And then you and I just had a discussion and I felt like it was a, a good time to change the name. And part of that was because when people asked me at school, <laughs> About what the podcast name was, I was like, the mother, your kid's right there. I don't feel comfortable saying this. And I realized that there are certain groups also that I didn't talk about it as much just because I, you know, certain groups found upon problem being like cursing, like some church groups and stuff. So I felt like I was holding back a little bit. and I didn't want to hold back. I want to make sure that everyone who wants to listen can listen. Like my, my mother-in-law doesn't listen because of the, the name of the mother-effing podcast. So we changed it. Denial bus.
1: And that's something that Patty says a lot if you've listened to season one of the podcast. Um, tell us where that came from, Patty.
0: So I ride the denial bus all the time. My friend Nikki Jenny and I were talking a long time ago and just about how I get on it all the time and then we get to get off of it every now and then, but then I want to get on it again because it's just life is easier when you're on the denial bus. And it's just a bus that you pretend like everything's good, that I don't have a special needs kid, that I don't have social workers visiting, that I don't have a kid that needs more of me. Like you could just pretend that you live in this utopia world where everything is great and everyone is neurotypical and we all get along. And so I feel like I get on the denial bus a lot. Um, Usually it happens around 10 o'clock when I fall asleep and then I wake up the next morning (laughs) realizing, crap, I got to get back to the real world and get off the bus. And I go back and forth. Like, some days I'm like, yeah, I can do this. And other days, like, I'm going to pretend like my life is normal and find some kind of happiness in that. So, yeah, I say it a lot, like, an on and off the denial bus. But I think everyone in general probably does. Wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah.
1: Uh, have you seen the show Nailed It on Netflix? Because that is a lot of people <laughs> thinking that they're amazing chefs. And then they try to do it themselves.
0: <laughs> and then it's like, <laughs> the you're like, no.
1: I relate to that because that's a lot of the time when I get on the denial bus. I watch a lot of great British baking show, and I'm like, that looks so easy.
0: I could do that. Oh, yeah, and then you try to do it. I do it it a lot during the Olympics, too, where all of a sudden I'm like, know everything about gymnastics, and I'm like, Patty, you can't even do a front handspring. Like, (laughs) what are you talking about? And I think of the world of social media. I think we, a lot of the time, we put our best foot forward, you know? Like, you post on social media the picture that made the cut of everyone smiling you know and you kind of are in denial that it took you 15 pictures to get to that picture and the 15 pictures before that picture was really what your life's about of everyone screaming not everyone looking at the camera kids running off like that's what reality is but we post the denial bus picture
1: oh yeah and me screaming at my kids just to get the picture taken so that i could post it
0: <laughs> yeah so we're the, the denial bus so instead of mother efforts. You're now passengers on the denial bus. So I keep
1: wanting to go, woo-woo, all aboard, but that's a train.
0: I do, too. So we'll probably do that a couple <laughs> times, even though it's not the right way. But hopefully, I think, I don't know, hopefully we get more people that relate to being on, on the denial bus and then coming and joining our denial that we live in constantly and get out constantly. Just even the healthiest person, I feel like, denials some things, denies Denials. Denial, <laughs> Denial yeah. something. D- denies. Denies something. So So new name. New era a new name. I think it's gonna be good. I think it's gonna be good. And new co-host. A new co-host. So Holly, yes. What do you want to do this season?
1: I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. I listened to the intro that we did last week, the quickie, and I said I'm so excited maybe fifteen times in five minutes. So I was like, "Do not say I'm so excited." and right
0: out the gate, right out the gate.
1: But I am but I can't excited even hold it
0: back. That's exciting. So what are you excited about?
1: <laughs> uh, I can't wait to just come alongside all these moms who and just parents who are feeling the way that we feel and can't really say it out loud because it feels awful to say some of the things that we're thinking. Uh, but there is no shame here.
0: No this shame. There's no shame on the denial bus. Yes. There's no smoking and no shame. <laughs> yes. And please stay seated throughout the ride. Uh, <laughs> keep your
1: hands, feet in the vehicle at all times. Sorry, guys. There's going to be a lot of bus jokes for a while. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll get out of it. Used to
0: just it. deal with all the puns. We'll, we'll eventually run out. And then I'll probably think of a new one and do it. But just deal with us. I love dad jokes. Anyways, yes. Like I feel like we're the voice to the voiceless sometimes. Like I've been the voice to my kids a whole lot, but I also feel like I'm the voice to other foster moms who can't say the things that they're thinking and other special needs moms that want to.
1: And people who feel like they're going through something alone and then they listen and they go, oh my gosh, other people are feeling exactly how I'm feeling. Um, And I think it really helps to kind of feel that way. Even if we're not, it's someone we don't even know, just knowing there are other people out there that are going through the same thing, I think it helps.
0: It totally helps. I really hope we continue to do that. I really want to get back to being authentic and raw as well. Um, just really hitting those emotions that, like the deep thoughts that we're all thinking, that you only think alone when you're in the middle of the night because your son woke up and now you can't go back to sleep and you're thinking about all those, oh you can have friends, all these kind of things. Like I really want to get back to the raw emotion of it all and to the conversations that matter and to perspectives that we don't know yet and learning a whole lot really excited about one of the, the interviews that we have coming up. It's a whole world that I'm not familiar with. So I'm excited to be able to interview him and be able to get into that world that lots of people are belong, that I've, I know nothing about. It's going to be interesting because I'm the foster expert, right? But in this world, I'm not going to tell you what it is. In this world, I know nothing. So it's going to be interesting to see what stupid things I say that are very insulting. <laughs> And how th- he's going to be have to educate me in that world. It's going to be cool. I'm excited about that one. Hey, there's no shame on the denial bus. Okay, there's no shame. There's no shame. Or judgment except by yourself. No, no judgment there either.
1: I am really excited about the guests we have, the ones we've had lined up for this season and possible guests coming up. Um, those were always my favorite part of listening because, yes, I also did listen to the Mother FN podcast last season. Um, I'm not just a client. <laughs> <laughs> but the interviews were always my favorite part I just love hearing other people's stories and and hearing about things even the stuff that didn't relate to me it was just so fascinating hearing other people's
0: stories yeah humans are messy and I love getting into the messy so it's going to be fun and I I think that's what's also great about having a new co-host is that we're going to get to know you so much more and what you bring to the table the raw authentic emotions as well so it's going to be exciting to get to know you better on that level because we know Heather now. So <laughs> let's, let's get to know Holly. So hopefully you'll be as vulnerable. It's us, us too. So just pretend like no one's listening even though you have a headset on and you're speaking into a mic and I'm recording it. Oh gosh. Just pretend like that doesn't happen so that we can get real and raw. We're on our this couch eating <laughs> ice cream.
1: <laughs> this is going to be so much worse than you and Heather because at least Heather was sort of like just the the wall that you could like your emotions were bouncing off of, but me, I'm just going to be sucking them in and like, I know. And just crying back with you. And it's,
0: yeah, I was hoping not to cry as <laughs> much, but I think messy. we're going to cry oh, uh, you'll a cry lot. More. You'll cry more. We'll probably cry a lot more. That's going to be good. I love it. Let's cry a lot. Well, let's also laugh a lot. Let's do all of it a lot. It's going to be good stuff. I'm excited. Okay. We said it again, again. So let's dive into it right now, Holly. Let's get to know you and your story a little bit more. I know we talked about a lot of it in episode 10. I don't even remember episode 10. So this may repeat a little bit, but we love Holly. We want to hear it again. And let's do it. So, Holly, you have three kids, Dawson, Nolan, and Sebastian. He's not a crab. He's a kid. (laughs) I don't know why I felt like I needed to say that. It was because of Sebastian, (laughs) the crab and little mermaid. Anyways. Dawson is in second grade, and he's the one who has the autism diagnosis.
1: You're doing really well here. I'm not piping in because I just want to see how much you know. I know a lot. (laughs) So good. So the
0: rest of the podcast (laughs) is me telling you everything (laughs) I know about Holly. And then the second one is Nolan, and he is in kindergarten this year, and he has ADHD tendencies so far. Yes. They haven't really been able to diagnose him, but he does have an IEP, and he is getting OT services. And speech. And speech. Um, and then Sebastian is your good child so far, although <laughs> so far the one f- child without an IEP. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Some of these things are hereditary, so you never know. Um, thanks, Patty. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't want you riding the denial bus with his diagnosis. Okay. Oh, I will be. Oh, There's nothing too. wrong with him. Uh, it's so funny. I get to go through that you just have to get on the denial bus and you get off of it and then there has to be moments of sanity where you get on it again like that's the only way I survive I feel like and then whenever I realize that I try too much and I'm too much on the denial bus that's when like hell really like breaks I try to do something normal and then I'm like Mm. that didn't work yeah I remember Patty every year when you would go in for
1: Jackson's uh, FASD appointment would just like break down like the whole day was just ruined. You would just break down and we're like, They said the same thing that they said last year, but you forget
0: the whole (laughs) year. (laughs) It's so true. Every single time. To the point where I now like schedule self care in. Like I'm like, Oh, his appointment's at nine? Okay. So who can I have coffee with that I can cry with before I have to be a parent? Like I almost I know it's gonna happen. Even though I know what's gonna happen, I still do it. It just it's hard. And same with IEPs. I've cried at every single IEP or cried after every single IEP. I had seven of them in, in three weeks. What? <laughs> like, and I cried after every single one.
1: Honey, I have one a year. Maybe a special behavior appointment added in, but.
0: Oh, no. With the dyslexia, I made <sighs> sure to, like, make sure all the accommodations and stuff, I call them every month or every a couple months just to make sure that they're doing what they need to do.
1: Uh, I guess I'm going to have
0: two now. Well, with Nolan, you're probably going to want to go in a little bit more often because if you have accommodations that he needs to get, you want to make sure that they're working so you're not spending a whole year going, oh, that didn't work kind of thing. That's just my suggestion. You can do whatever you want.
1: I should check. I don't even know if his OT has started yet. I should check that.
0: It probably has. I mean, it's it's like eighth week of school. Yeah. It has. See, these are the holidays. There's so much to do. Anyways, back to you, Holly. Yes, hi. <laughs> so that's going to happen a lot, and we're going to get off on tangents, <laughs> and then we'll get back. This bus goes everywhere. Everywhere our thoughts go, this bus goes. So welcome. Um. Okay, so was it harder for you to get the diagnosis with Dawson or with Nolan? You didn't really get a diagnosis with Nolan, but um, like
1: – Well, I think by the time we actually took them in – we were kind of wanting the diagnosis at that point. Like we had already decided you definitely have this and now we just need someone to say it so we can get the help for you for this. So when you've already been struggling with something for a few years, then you're kind of relieved when you actually get the news, I think. Um, I think it was harder the very first time we heard uh, that Dawson uh, was possibly autistic, like the first time somebody opened our eyes and said, hey, we think... uh, Look at this article and see all the thing the boxes that he ticks, and it was like, what? You know, mind blown.
0: Were you on the Nile bus then? Then, then, then? Yeah, then, in the very then?
1: beginning, I was, and then right after, it, it was like a ten minutes of what? He can't be autistic because this and this and this and this, and then I just looking at the paper, I was like, oh, he has all of these things, <laughs> yeah. and then immediately it kind of set into okay, now what do I need to do and just sort of jumping into action.
0: I also think that jumping into action can be a form of denial in my head. Because a part of me kind of goes, if I'm doing everything I can, then maybe it'll fix itself or something. I don't know. There's something there for, like, me at least.
1: Definitely. But I think especially with autism, there's so many different things where people are like, oh, try this. I gave them this, and it totally healed his autism. And there's, like, all these drops and different Things and diets and stuff. And so you do jump on that like, this is going to fix it. And then uh, nothing ever does. (laughs)
0: Well, it's not fixable. It's a way your brain's wired. (laughs) Jackson will always have brain damage. It's not like Mm. I can give him more choline. And then all of a sudden it's going to be like, it magically fixed itself. So. Would you change anything in how you found out that Dawson was autistic? Like, would you have wanted someone to say it gentler or did something differently? Like, how would you tell people like if you think a friend has a son that has autism like this is the best way to approach her. I wish someone would approach me in this way
1: you know what I wouldn't change so my in-laws were the ones who told us and we were visiting for Christmas and they had my sister-in-law watch the kids and they took Derek and I out for lunch and it was just like the four of us is that a normal
0: thing or did you already be like uh why are they taking us out to lunch
1: it did seem like they needed to talk to us (laughs) about something But, um, no, they, so they were very gentle, of course, because it's our in-laws and, and like I said, so I've given this a lot of thought because I've had a lot of people come up to me and say, hey, I have a friend and I think their child is autistic and I don't know if I should say something. So, And I totally get how that's scary because it's kind of a don't shoot the messenger thing because you don't know how people are going to react and they are going to be in, de- in denial at first. Uh, but I've, in all of my thinking about it, I think the best thing is if you see something, say something. That makes sense. <laughs> um, because the first few years, uh, sorry. Stop being perfect. Sorry. Those first few years, the first five years, are the most formative and important years in a child's uh, development. And the c- sooner you catch it, the sooner they can get all the therapy and all the stuff in place that they need, and the sooner the parents start getting the help they need, and their lives just get easier. So it seems like, oh, you're dropping this huge bomb in their lives, and it's going to make everything worse and sad, but it could
0: really end up helping them so much. I mean, the bomb's going to drop regardless. You, I don't think you can. Live with an, a a child on any part of the spectrum, and not somewhere down the line realize they're not on the spectrum. Does that make sense? I like guess either bomb the bomb's gonna yeah. drop on their two, and they can get all the help they can, or when they're exactly. sixteen or eighteen, or they're gonna find out when they're an adult, and it's gonna be like, wait, what? I could have had a l- childhood in you know with understanding. So the earlier the better, because the bomb's gonna drop regardless. Oh, definitely.
1: And if so- if other people outside are noticing then the parents are definitely going through a lot. I mean, I've been there, I know. And they're probably feeling ashamed, and they're feeling like they're bad parents. And uh, so it's just, it's, it's actually kind of a relief to find out. So the first stage will be denial, probably. Of course. So my suggestion is if you do have a friend that you want to approach about their child, um, the best thing to do, uh, the thing that worked for us was having that list things. So print off something from the internet that's symptoms of autism and you can hand it to them. First of all, it'll show that you've done a lot of work. This isn't just something you're like, oh my gosh, they're being annoying. Like maybe they have something. Um, it's something you've been thinking about that you've done research on to make sure before you approach them and you can blame the paper instead of yourself. It's not just like, I think something's going on. It's look what the paper says. Look <laughs> what this official website says. And you can blame the paper. And then once they see the official things written down, at least for me, it was it was a huge eye-opener. And it, it definitely takes the blame off of you. And then I also want to say that if they don't immediately, they probably won't immediately thank you for it. <laughs> and you might walk away feeling like, oh, that was difficult or didn't go very well. Did I ruin the friendship? But really, a few months later, they will thank you, or at least they'll know that their lives have changed, and they'll realize that you did them a huge favor, and they will be thanking you and appreciating you for that, and even if it doesn't come right away, because there will be that denial and that process, and then working through it, and then they'll go, wow, I'm so glad that we found out. What if we hadn't found out before that, and he hadn't gotten all this help? Like, we would have been, where would we have been Uh, starting school with the IEPs already in place, and all of that is so much better.
0: So even though it may be difficult in the moment, in the long run it'll be so much worth having a hard conversation. Oh yeah, and and the person you tell will realize that too, will come around. Yeah. Then what do you do after? So you go to your pediatrician, and they confirm, right? Yes. With that's us, we had a good our pediatrician, and then well. Jackson was a funny-looking kid anyway, so all (laughs) of this happened because they already happened. But basically, we had to go to a specialist that could diagnose the FASD in him. So I'm assuming the pediatrician, is that something the pediatrician can do?
1: Yeah, the pediatrician does not diagnose autism, but they definitely, you go in, say, I think my son has this, and they'll pretty much just look at him for a few minutes or just trust you because you can't, some kids you can't tell in just a a quick appointment. You know, you have, Mm -hmm. but... They'll hear everything you have to say and go, okay, here. And they'll, uh, in California, it's the regional center that you deal with. Um, I know, Patty, you and I, I think, go to the same regional center. Yes. Um, go to the good one. <laughs> uh, but, and then, but whatever state you're in, the pediatrician will know who to go to. Yeah,
0: Calif- to California actually is one of the best. <laughs> you're the one who tells me this. One of the top three states to actually have a special needs. Child in because of the regional center. The regional center is basically an organization funded by the state of California that basically helps this whole demographic of kids and adults, of people obviously, that have either autism, intellectual disability, um cerebral palsy, or epilepsy. And it basically helps them get services, get extra OT if they need it, go to special camps if they need it. They're paying for all of Jackson's ABA therapy which is expensive. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Oh,
1: it's amazing. We don't pay for anything. And until Dawson was three and started preschool, the regional center paid for everything, all of his therapy. Then the school board takes over, and all of his uh, speech and OT went through school. ABA therapy goes through our insurance. But regional center is there in case your insurance doesn't cover it or school doesn't give them enough of what they need. They step in and
0: they oh cover yeah. it. Amazing. And we get uh, respite services. I think you do too. You uh, get more than us. We get 16, you get 20. We get 20
1: hours a month.
0: Which is needed. Aid babysitter. Oh, so needed.
1: Yeah. So oh. they're really taking care of it. And I love how now it's also about the parents and making sure they're okay. So regional center like checks in with the parents, and that's what the respite services are for. Yeah. Um. There's also different camps and things that – They have for special needs kids that Regional Center will let you know about or they'll pay for. um, But Dawson's ABA therapy also, that's a behavior therapy. For those of you who don't know, Dawson has been getting like 20 to 40 hours of that a week since he was three. Oh,
0: my goodness. It's so crazy.
1: Yeah, it's crazy, but we... Absolutely love it. I mean, at first I thought, this is uh, this is insane, but it's just a part of our lives. Like, we have a therapist with us all the time, or he's at
0: therapy, and it's just sort of how we roll. It's our new normal. And I – we started that process in May to get ABA for Jackson because he was doing a different type of behavioral therapy that was working fine, but then he aged out at five, and so we needed something else. And so – and, like, just – it's a lot of hours. Like, their approaches is just different, and it's a lot of hours – We'll have to do talk about that once it starts, because it still hasn't started. I started in May, people. May. What? May, and it's going to start November 1st. Yeah, it took us about six months, too, actually. Oh, so hard. Yep. Okay, so you go to the pediatrician. After the pediatrician, you go to the regional center, the regional center does their assessments like three hours, mm-hmm. and then they give the official autism diagnosis? Mm-hmm. That's where we got ours, yeah. I feel like I've heard different stories, too. Is the psychologist able to diagnose autism as well, or no? The yeah, school? there was
1: a psychologist at regional center. I think that diagnosed Dawson.
0: Okay, so I feel like other people have gotten diagnoses differently.
1: Yeah, I think if if they're already in school, then there's probably a school, a school psychologist. psychologist who diagnoses. Yeah,
0: crazy. And then once after that, you just start going into therapies. You just jump in. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's a lot. So okay. So is there anything that you wish you would have known? About it, um, or you wish someone would have told you, like, "Hey, you're gonna get judged no matter what you do." Or, I don't know. I feel like I can tell any mom that <laughs> you're once you become a mom, you're gonna get judged regardless of what you do. Oh yeah, and that's okay because this is what it is, and you don't have to listen to it.
1: I think I I started judging other moms a lot less when I had you know, our diagnosis. Because then I'm like, you know what? You don't know what people are going through.
0: You really don't. i read a stupid chicken soup for the soul thing. I already talked about that. <laughs> right. Anyways. So what's something, like, people should know about parenting a child with autism?
1: Oh, first of all, so after you get the diagnosis, and this is for friends and family as well, of, of someone who's just gotten that for their child, Um. Don't immediately expect them to take all of your book and TV show recommendations on (laughs) things about autism. Uh, I know right now there's so many TV shows and different things that are about autism, and everybody was like, "Oh my gosh, you have to see this! You have to watch this! You have to watch this!" And for the first six months or so, I was like, "No, I don't want to." I didn't want to sit and cry. I was in the like go 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 kind of the that level of the you know denial than action. I (laughs) think the 12 steps of having an autistic child, um, I was in the action mode and I did not want to sit and wallow and cry and share that experience yet. I wasn't ready. And we had like a book sent to us in the mail that was like facing autism or something. And I was like, no, I just like put it on a shelf. I'm like, I'm not reading this right now. I don't want to deal with this. I read all of the books that were just factual, like about sensory processing disorder and different things. But the emotional ones about people finding out and having my same story, I wanted nothing to do with it. Um, I think you were living it. You didn't need to be in it. Exactly. You didn't need to hear
0: everyone else's story.
1: And about, and everybody, because when we first found out, there weren't as many shows. There were, it was pretty much just like Parenthood, I think, had just started having that storyline with, with the kid Max on that show. And everybody, oh my gosh, you have to watch Parenthood. I cry every episode. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to cry right now, I don't want to. Um, I've done enough of that, and then about six months in, I was like, you know what, I'm ready, and I started reading all the books. I started watching Parenthood and crying, (laughs) and I was happy for it, and at that point, I wanted to go through it with someone, uh, but yeah, you got to give people a little bit of time, so don't take offense if they don't immediately do all the things you want them to do.
0: Give them time. They'll ride their own journey. Yeah. Yeah, I... People would tell me, I still haven't watched This Is Us. I'm like, I'm good. I cry regularly in my own life. I don't need to cry at someone else's life. Every
1: person has said, I cry every episode. And I'm like, I don't want to cry. I want to watch something stupid. No,
0: friends, (laughs) let's go. Let's laugh, you know? Yeah. Uh, How did Derek respond to all of it?
1: You know what? I feel like, and I found this in a lot of the dads, they don't do as much of the research. You know, it's sort of the mom thing. And I think Derek is even more... He, he didn't watch the shows and do all of that for a lot longer. Like, he finally started watching Parenthood. But then there are some other shows. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this, like, really gets into the nitty-gritty. And this is, like, such a good portrayal, like, atypical. Mm-hmm. Um, That show, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is really, really good. And he doesn't want to do that because I think he, it, it's harder... He doesn't want to tap into those emotions even more than I didn't want to, you know, because um, that's it's
0: hard. Yeah, Chris and was the it. same way, to a certain extent. Like he, some of the things that I cry about way earlier, he's just right now starting to deal with. And I'm like, boy, that was like three years ago. <laughs> come on, like <laughs> he's five years. We're old. We're over this. <laughs> We're over this. I'm over <laughs> this. Why aren't you over this? Uh, you just everyone has our moments, and I think Chris is so into let's survive the moment now Mm -hmm. that he doesn't always compare as much as I do, which is a good thing to a certain extent. Like, Oh, yeah, women are big comparers. Yeah, Chris is all like, Jackson will be fine. Jackson will have the friends that Jackson has. Why are you worrying about eight years from now when Jackson has no friends? He may have friends. Who knows? Why are you worrying about that? Let's just get him dressed for school. (laughs) And I'm like, okay. Let's teach him to talk. Exactly. One thing at a time. So it's easier for Chris to do that, but then it hits him and he's like, Oh, he's not like other kids. Even though we know he's <laughs> not like other kids, that's what's also so crazy about the denial bus is that you know that he's not like other kids. So then it slaps you in the face when you realize it again when he's like with another kid. But you knew that. Oh yeah, already. So you're not really in denial. You don't
1: realize the extent though, because the other kids keep growing and getting older and maturing quickly. And so then every time you're around kids, like at each age, it gets more and more obvious. Yes, it gets worse. Yeah. The older they get, the, wor- the more obvious it is. Because when Dawson was a toddler, I mean, you know, he just kind of acted like a, a toddler. He was a jerk. Yeah. But uh. on the flip side, it is m- a lot more obvious. <laughs> so this is going to sound terrible, but it's kind of nice being out in public and having that be more obvious. Um, as hard as that is for, like, school or him making friends or whatever, it's easier for me as a mom to be, like, on an airplane with him and have people immediately know that he's autistic and then not to judge me as oh, much or be mean. you feel
0: <laughs> like as he's gotten older because it's gotten more obvious to the public or the people who don't know you that you're getting less judgment.
1: Yeah, and it's probably also could be in my head, but I feel like at least they know, you because know, if people know, oh, he's autistic, not just like, why is she parenting that way? Or she's letting him get away with all this stuff, and why is he acting like that? And yeah. It's just easier to go, oh, uh,
0: he's, he's autistic. So <laughs> I don't know where Jackson's going to lie on that, because since I know him, I don't know how to say this either, which is great for a podcast, <laughs> knowing how to say something. So FASD tends to be more of an invisible disability, Mm. right? Mm. Because it's not as clear as like Down syndrome where there's facial features and it's not as clear with like tics or something like possibly having like with some autism, you know, kids with autism. So you don't really know until you talk to him. And so it doesn't show up as much. Mm. Some of my friends are like, No, Patty, it does. (laughs) And I'm like, really? Like, yeah, you know pretty early on that something's wrong. And I'm like, are you sure? Because I don't – it's Jackson, so I don't know.
1: He's just the way he is to you, and you're around him all the time, and you're used to it. I'm that way with Dawson where we're out in public, and I try to put myself in other people's heads looking at him. And because I'll be like, oh, this is – he's – Act, acting this way and that was so embarrassing and, and then i look at what he's doing from their perspective i'm like oh he's like grunting and running back and forth like i think they know <laughs>
0: <laughs> See, i don't know if,
1: but i, I forget th- I'm like that's just awesome that's the noise that he makes
0: interesting because like we're doing soccer right now and everyone's been super cool with him and i'm like do I say so often he's my special needs son? He's my special needs son, he's my special needs son, so that everyone knows that he's my special needs son? Or is it obvious because he is going crazy? You yeah, know, it,
1: it might be more obvious than you think. I think hmm. it may be. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: think it may be more obvious than I
1: think. Is he in a uh, neurotypical soccer league?
0: It's not his soccer league, it's the it's the twins soccer league. Oh, but you're there and So with I'm him. there with him. I was him. like, him. he's playing soccer? no but he wants to and I'm gonna have to AYSO has this whole VIP league and so i think thinking Johnson about that. putting him in it I think he's gonna do well and then one of my other friends does Special Olympics and I really think I want to put him in that because then it's like everyone's trained better yeah to deal with it and I think that's something that he's gonna need so he strong he's singing right now and it's so cute he's singing with his words which is like not really words Aww. but it's really cute He's like, oh, 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 you're like, oh, I can listen to that way more than I can listen to the unicorn puppies, kitties songs that the girls do. Okay. <laughs> so anyways, so I understand that then how it's a little bit easier when you don't have to explain yourself so much because then you're like, okay, they know. They know, yeah. so you're not having to be like, it's not just me and my parenting. I have definitely dressed him in
1: autism awareness clothes when we've gone on flights <laughs> before. <laughs> I have no shame. I will do it.
0: Why? I mean, why not? Like, it's, the more people can give you some grace, the better.
1: Or, like, when we go to Disneyland and I have to re-up his disability pass, I'm like, here are your headphones. Put those on.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I feel bad about the disability pass because we have it underneath the girls because they were horrible and they couldn't handle lines and it was horrendous. You have Jackson. But now I have Jackson, so I'm like, why are we not using Jackson? Like, it's way easier for Jackson to get it than the girls to get it. But. Anyways. So what did you think when you started to realize that something was wrong with Nolan? I don't say wrong. Something was different with Nolan. Um, I don't
1: know. It's been such a struggle with him for so long. I think Nolan gets the bad end of things a lot because I was expecting him to be my easy child because we were just planning – after Dawson – and how difficult he was, we were definitely, we were going to be done it too, And so, and everyone I had talked to, it was like, oh, this child was a really terrible sleeper, but this child was a super easy sleeper. This child was crazy, but this child, you know, it was like everybody had these like night and day kids. And so I was like, he's going to be my easy child. And I immediately made him like, you're going to be the easy child. And he wasn't. And he was not. And in some ways he was harder than Dawson. Um, and so I was always more angry, but I was also, so I would get more angry at him because Dawson had an excuse and it was like, well, Dawson can't help it. And it's like hard to get mad at someone with special needs. Oh, but it's easy for
0: me. <laughs> <laughs> that is. Well, I mean <laughs> I <do>. Dawson, like. <laughs> I'm like that's I get mad at Jackson all the time. <laughs> and then I feel really crappy that I just got mad at a child that has brain damage. <laughs> and then I feel crappy and then I eat chocolate. That's what I do.
1: Well, yeah, well, that's fine. Um, and obviously I still get mad at Dawson. uh (laughs) (laughs) I'm perfect. I never do that. You are perfect. Um, But. I'm not going to like doing this podcast with you because you're too perfect. (laughs) I'm I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Uh, but Nolan, um, God bless him, was just, (laughs) uh, he wasn't the easy child. And so I was more upset with him and like Dawson, you know, he'd throw a tantrum or get upset and it was like, he was just so upset and you couldn't. And it was for no reason and it was so weird and you could tell he was genuinely like terrified or upset and you were like, how can I help you? And then Nolan's tantrums were like tantrums where you're rolling your eyes and you're going, okay, you just stop. <laughs> <laughs> I have buttercup. absolutely no sympathy for you. <laughs> Except, like So even like around 18 months or before the terrible twos started and they're still, he's five and a half. I think he's still in the terrible twos. I don't know. I it, uh, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. So, for him, it was just, okay. Uh, but I just thought, okay, he's just, you know, high, or what is it? Strong-willed is the word. <laughs> yes. And Because so. I, I was always on the lookout because they told me the minute that Dawson was diagnosed that it can be genetic and that I need to look out for Nolan. And I was already on high alert. So, everything Nolan did, I was like, is this, you know, autism, is this... And it never was. It was always kind of the opposite of what Dawson was doing. And it seemed like a more typical kind of just annoying two-year-old or toddler or whatever. Um, and it wasn't until he started going to preschool and I was trying to do his homework with him that I thought, uh, there's some sor- something else too. There's some sort of learning disability here. Um, and so that's when I had him checked out. And honestly, I don't think if it if we hadn't gone through what we'd gone through with Dawson, I don't think I would have known to get him checked out. I wouldn't have known how or even, I didn't even know what occupational therapy was. Like I wouldn't really, and I was like, oh,
0: Nolan needs this. Like I knew because now I'm an expert in all therapies. Oh, of course. Um, so funny because we do emotional therapy too, and I have to call it emotional therapy. Who calls their therapy emotional therapy? Oh, a person with a special needs child that has physical therapy, speech therapy, occupational therapy, and behavior therapy, Oh, nope. you need to decipher if it's emotional therapy. Oh. Like, it's so funny. I'm like, they have emotional therapy, and everyone's always like, wow, you just name it. <laughs> I'm like, yep. <laughs> yeah, you get thrown into this world where you get to learn everything. Oh, yeah. So you, because of Dawson, you were able to, you knew. It wasn't as big of a learning curve for Nolan.
1: Yeah, and I took, I knew exactly the people to contact. We took him right in, got all of his stuff. He started getting speech and OT right away. Um, and then when he went into kindergarten this year, he already had his IEP ready. Um, and the teachers were like, wow, how did you know? Like, this is so. And I'm like, yeah, well, I'm amazing.
0: No, I just. <laughs> I'm amazing. I I'll i give a class later.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, if, I mean, if it hadn't been for Dawson, I definitely wouldn't have had all of that already set up. But.
0: Yeah. yeah. Fostering basically set me up for all the advocating that I'm doing. Crazy. Okay. Well, we have so much more to talk about, but we don't have, well, we don't have time today. But we'll have more to talk about. I feel like we haven't hit Sebastian, but Sebastian's easy. But we also haven't, we, there's so much to talk about, Holly. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> crack this nut, Patty. I know. I'm going to crack so it. What's so inside. There's so much inside. I feel like you are a banana with lots and lots of seeds, but you don't see. Do banana. They do. See? You didn't even know. an onion with layers, maybe? Well, you could do an onion. That's just so, like, done before. I want you to be a banana with all the seeds. Bananas do have seeds. You just don't ever notice them because they kind of just blend in. Oh, yeah. They're not crunchy. No, and it's a fruit, and all fruits have seeds. Hmm. That's why the tomato is a fruit and not a vegetable. A topic for another day. (laughs) Apparently. Well, I'm looking forward to the season and what we're going to do. And getting to know you better. And I think the passengers are going to love you just as much as I love you. Because you're my top five. And you're going to find out, listeners, why she's your top five. Because she's going to be part of your top five. But she can't be because she's my top five. Unless you're one of the other four of her top five. I don't know. You do the math. Okay. Next time. Thanks for riding on the denial bus. But your stop's coming up. You're going to have to get off. Get back to the real world. Life. Don't worry. You got this.